Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora. I'm your host, Benji Nichols, bringing you stories uh, from communities you love by people you trust around our region today. Uh, folks, I am very excited to have with me uh, a, a very special guest, uh, someone that I'm excited to introduce and to also help kick off a small series of shows that we're doing. Courtney Berge Swanson, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Courtney, thank you so much for being here. Now, I should start out this show by explaining to our listeners that uh, up to this point in the show, we're about 20-some shows deep, uh, most of them have been fairly um, close to home in Northeast Iowa. And one of the goals of this show, despite it being called Rhymes with Decora, that's part of the uh, trick, actually, is that we really want to tell the stories of our region. Uh, And I think a fun way to do that is to go into a community and actually pull out some of those stories. So Courtney, I appreciate you uh, being willing to kind of be uh, first up in this experiment and uh, to be part of the fun here from Spring Grove, Minnesota, and a series of shows that are going to be coming along here in the next four or five shows uh, to talk about uh, this community and uh, so many things uh, that are going on here in Southeast Minnesota. Uh, So thanks for being a part of that. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to get you all connected with everyone and tell the stories of all these cool people doing cool things. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Courtney, uh, first of all, uh, your your current position and why we uh, part of the reason why we have you here today is with uh, uh, CEDA, which is C E D A CEDA, and of course, the Community Economic Development Associates uh, for Southeast Minnesota. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about CEDA and how you found your way to that uh, uh, group? Yeah, so Community and Economic Development Associates, we are a nonprofit that supports rural communities with community development staffing. So we actually serve communities all over the state of Minnesota, into Iowa and Wisconsin, um, but we did start uh, right here in Southeast Minnesota, and so we have a lot of um, communities that we work with here. Most of the communities we serve are under 3,000 people, and essentially what we do is we work with the community to provide a professional staff member to their economic development authority. A lot of small towns, you know, maybe they can't afford a full-time EDA director, or sometimes they can't even afford, you know, a city administrator. So we come in and provide some of that leadership and ideation and coordination uh, to get things done. So yeah, and you know something we were talking about on the on the just before we started this show is that um, economic development is one of those things, and I, I think especially in rural America, that unless you're involved in it or unless uh, you have a, a direct um, you know contact in a project or something, it can seem sort of just fuzzy. Like mm-hmm. you don't really know what it is. It's out there. You think it does things in your community, hopefully, but maybe you don't fully understand even what. <laughs> (laughs) what what that is, despite the fact that it probably, you know, it touches your life in some way every day. Uh, And I think, especially in rural America, that it can be very, very true. Um, And I'm sure you see that in your work. Uh, But we should rewind just a little bit, um, because Courtney, you, uh, we are here in Spring Grove today. Currently, you call Rochester home for the most part. Is that right? I do, yeah. Yeah. But Southeast Minnesota, of course, is near and dear to your heart because uh, you're from here, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, I grew up. Just over the hill, I should say. Just just (laughs) over the hill over the bluff. Um, Yeah, I grew up on a farm near Lanesboro, um, spent my whole life on the farm and graduated, uh, went to Luther College. And um, while I was at Luther, I got an internship at Lanesboro Arts, which is a nonprofit arts center in Lanesboro. And I um, started my career there and loved every minute of it. Um, Working in rural arts and economic development, kind of, I saw some of the overlap there. And about six and a half years, 
years ago, I got the job with CETA. Um, and I was so lucky uh, to start with CETA at the time that they were looking to hire someone for Spring Grove. So I got matched with Spring Grove, and I think we're a pretty good match. Yeah, what a cool, cool opportunity along the way, right? I think it was during your time at um, Lanesboro, or at, at the Commonweal, right? The, or at Lanesboro Arts, I'm sorry, yep. that we mm-hmm. connected. That was probably in that era somewhere yeah, online yeah. with the magazine and what we were doing mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and along the way. So we've, we've uh, kept up over the years here and there where it's made sense, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. And of course, so your uh, specific title now with CETA, uh, you're the Vice President of Development and Collaboration. Collaborative Services, which is a great title. I a lot like of that. syllables. I, I like that. A lot of syllables. Uh, but then also here for Spring Grove specifically, you are sort of the, ec- you are not sort of, you are the Economic Development co- uh, Director, mm-hmm. sort of the coordinator of any of those projects that are going on at mm-hmm. any given time. Uh, and there's kind of a fun story for our listeners of, of uh, how we happened to connect here most recently. Um, uh, we connected, I don't know, we had an email back and forth or a quick call because uh, one of the things that's happening across rural America, we see this in a lot of places, is that... Um, um, small newspapers, uh, media outlets specifically, uh, you know, it's been a rough run here yeah. in the last several years. And the pandemic was not super friendly to a lot of those um, uh, types of entities. And also, uh, a tangent I won't even go on, but paper pricing, there's all sorts of things that have been going on in the mm-hmm. larger economic picture that have made uh, newspapers and publications a really difficult uh, run here in the last couple of years. So here in Spring Grove, uh, the Spring Grove Herald, after a, a, you know, decades and decades of being a small town newspaper, closed up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really tough loss for a community, uh, and it was that conversation I think that sparked uh, uh, sparked where we are today almost. Yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things where I always joke that I'm not an expert in anything, but I know who to call to figure <laughs> it out. And when we were starting to talk about you know how do we connect our community members, how do we get word out, how do we tell stories, how do we just make people feel less isolated now that the newspaper is gone, I thought of Inspired and I thought of you guys. So I'm so glad that we were able to follow up and yeah. here we are sitting in a room full of bourbon. We, yeah, I know, right? We really we really appreciate it. Oh, I should mention along the way, we're sitting here at Rock Filter Distillery recording this show, which is awesome here in downtown uh, Spring Grove. And and uh, Rock Filter and Christian Myra are going to be a show as part of this series as well. So it's uh, if, you, if you're listening along or you haven't heard that one yet, make sure you do check it out. Uh, but that was that conversation where you called and, and we were talking, um, you know, just ideas for small towns, for regions, uh, for parts of our world, you know, we live in Decorah, we're in Northeast Iowa. Here we are 15 miles away in Spring Grove and we're in Southeast Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And if you jump over to Ferryville or somewhere else, you're, you're 20 miles in, you know, you're in Wisconsin. It's just a, a unique part of our region, but everywhere has to work within their, their, your, their boundaries and their state and those things right. as, as well as a larger region. But when you lose any one of those touch points for a community, I think it's a really complicated piece. Uh, and so it's been a really fun conversation. I think one of the, the greatest things I was thinking about this as I was driving up here today to have this conversation is that, you know, I don't think there's been an answer found to that specific challenge yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have, you know, and this is maybe a, a sign of what you do at the heart of your job as well. You have all the right people in the right room talking to each other, mm-hmm. or, or as many as you can, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got the school district and you've got the city and you've got a representation from the churches or whoever it is in the community that wants to have a voice in that uh, that conversation, right? Trying to put those pieces together. Yeah, I mean, what, we, what we've been experiencing really is not only from our residents saying, well, I don't know what's going 
on. I don't know when the church meatball dinner is. I don't know when the boys' <laughs> right. basketball team plays. I don't know who died. You know, obituaries yeah. and um, showers and, and just ways that we celebrate life and death and everything in between. And um, and so the the chamber and the city and the school and a lot of different entities were trying to figure out. You know, how do we tell our tell our people, our constituents, what's going on? And each of them were separately trying to. Th- think through how to do a newsletter. Right. So we thought, well, let's get everyone in a room. And honestly, that's the best part of my job. And a lot of my projects that I've worked on here have started with that of, you know what? Everyone's having this conversation. Let's get together and figure out how we can do it together. Absolutely. And I know over the years, um, luckily in Iowa, I've gotten to be a part of uh, a couple of different rural economic, you know, kind of conversations and groups and things that are working. Although it's really funny, again, like living where we do in Decorah, I mean, we might as well be a part of Minnesota Mm -hmm. Wisconsin for as close as we are because it affects us as much or more. Right. than whatever's going on in the Des Moines metro, right? Uh, but those conversations are really important, and, and you see those same challenges play out in communities across the Midwest uh, and across the country. But you know, rural America, uh, it, there are challenges that are different uh, and that are unique, uh, as well as the larger challenges that everyone exists and, and, and experiences, right? Um, and so I think that that economic development work, that work of community building uh, on a real local level is just something that can't be over uh, or undervalued uh, or overvalued for that. Matter, yeah, mm-hmm. really, really important work. Yeah, there's. There, I think you know, le- leadership is so important in rural communities, and and I think that's something that we often just take for granted. But um, you know, I always like to say too that the best part of my job is when someone, and how I know I'm doing a good job is when someone trusts me with their idea. Yeah, and just you know to be able to say, hey. I think this would be really cool if we did this. I think it'd be really cool if we had a farmer's market in Spring Grove. Okay, let's start one. You know, know, wouldn't it be cool if we had live music at the farmer's market? Oh, yeah, well, let's partner with Rockfilter and do that. And so, you know, making all of those connections and and taking people's ideas and putting a little oomph behind it definitely is really fun mm-hmm. absolutely no th- those are in- incredible things and i have to say i think that uh you probably you know anyone who grows up in an area has sort of a specific um a viewpoint a little bit uh you know it's easier to have a little bit uh deeper understanding maybe of different relationships or or how things have or haven't happened over the years and some of those things and and, and that's a plus and a minus probably here right. in there because there's <laughs> ways we've always done it or there's ways we could do it but uh you know growing up on a farm is certainly mm-hmm. in this day and age a unique perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any comments on that? And and, and you know, growing up in that world? Yeah, no, I just I feel really lucky to have grown up on a farm and in a rural community where you have to engage in a community because you have to take care of each other. And even in this like political climate, you can't. Right. You have to rely on your neighbor. My friend Dana always talks about you know I can disagree with my neighbor, but. I got to call him when my, when I get yeah. stuck and he's got to pull me out of the snowbank, you know? Right. So th- I think that there's just a, a delicate balance in a way that you go about conversations and making connections. And, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think it, now looking back and um, now that I live in more of an urban area, but I still work in a rural community, yeah. it's, it is it's nice to be able to have that touch point of, you know, I, I grew up on a farm. I know what it's like. I know that this is harvest season and it's really busy. And so to ask you to come in for a meeting is a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I, I think I've always been really curious. I've always really wanted to figure out how things work and yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it all makes sense. And 
I have an art degree, which is a really weird thing, especially in economic development. People are all like, wait, how did you get that? I think that makes perfect sense. I do too. It's creative problem solving. I, I think trying to like tell a story, come up with the language, whether that's visual or written, yeah. you know, it's just, it all makes sense in my head at least. We should, we should talk about that. I mean, growing up on a farm, Southeast Minnesota, uh, you found your way to Luther mm-hmm. College and what was your, what was your journey like there? What was your path to more of an art direction or mm-hmm. major? Was was there a path there or was there something that, that, uh, pushed you in that direction? Yeah. I'm just a classic liberal arts student. You know, <laughs> I started as like, I think I was an English major and then I was like a business major and then I was community communications and then but I was I was always really interested in in art and um, especially after I got the internship at um, Lanesboro Arts and I also did an internship at Art House and worked with Leah and Kristen there back in the OG days and absolutely um, I learned just a lot about how the arts can heal people and heal communities and um, ignite things like economic development and so that's where I kind of decided you know what I'm gonna be I'm going to just commit. I'm going to be an art major and see where it goes. And luckily, I've kind of made a career out of, um, you know, I kind of started specifically in fundraising and and grant application writing, which no one, you know, a five-year-old sitting on the the swing doesn't say, gosh, when I grow up, I want to write grants. But it has helped a lot of cool projects happen. it, uh, you know, almost any walk of life at this point. I mean, right. it's it's a skill set that really should be taught. Uh, it's you know, my wife Erin, uh, English journalism from Iowa, so had a, a fairly direct path and kind of an idea of what she wanted to do. Uh, and I took sort of a similar path in, in technical work and audio and some things like that. But you know, life is life is what comes along and putting all of your skill set together. Uh, and when you can do that in a way that impacts communities, I mean, that's just such a huge. Right. It's a huge thing to be able to do, and it's really rewarding, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's rewarding definitely work mm-hmm. uh, and it never ends mm-hmm. uh, but be able to be able to do that and also to be able to support people so as part of this series of shows that we're going to do um, I don't know if I should I should lay it all out and ruin it for people or not but I think it's okay we're going to do this series of shows from Spring Grove and, I, and the shows that we know we're going to be here are, are, are with Christian here at Rock Filter which is an amazing story of someone uh, making a full circle back to where they've come from with a, you know a family farm organic agriculture uh, taking those uh ingredients and turning them into something incredible. I mean, that story is an incredible rural economic mm-hmm. development story all on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also then uh, I, we have succeeded with very much your help, a show uh, that will be with Pat and Patrick Longmire uh, from Reds as well, which was really fun to have them both in a room, uh, a, a father-son combination and the many things that they do and continue to do in Spring Grove uh, and taking risks, taking huge risks, mm-hmm. taking big swings out of the park from what a small town grocery store might look like a lot of places. Uh, and and seeing what they can make work. Uh, and then, of course, Giants of the Earth, too, is another one where it's, it's just an incredible collaboration of folks uh, who have uh, who, who know the collective history of their place and have seen the importance of uh, celebrating and also expanding on that, right? right. Uh, and all projects that, um, you know, many of those that you've had uh, touch points with or, mm-hmm. or, or things along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are some of the things we're going to unpack uh, in this series, and I, I really appreciate you reaching out originally to kind of um, stoke that idea and and uh, see what we could put together so uh, it's it's gonna be fun yeah I'm excited I can't <laughs> wait to hear because you know we we are so busy doing cool things in rural communities we don't give ourselves enough credit and we also don't stop to just say 
like celebrate and and tell the right. story, you know. And it is pretty remarkable. And, and all of those examples, you know, I think do kind of speak to the larger idea of what I think of when I think of community development. And it's just taking what you have in a community, putting a little bit of momentum around it, and then letting it flourish to see where it goes. And, yeah. um, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of the heartbeat and I just love it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come back on that note because I think there's some fun things we can talk about. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break and be back. Uh, Courtney Bergie Swanson, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here today, be our special guest, help us kick off this series. Uh, Courtney is the VP of Development and Collaborative Services with CETA and also the Economic Development Director here in Spring Grove. So we'll be right back. Rhymes with Decora. This is Erin Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And that's the voice of my wife, the one and only Erin Henny Nichols, the creative force behind Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. We appreciate the support to be able to put together this project. Everybody who stepped up to be part of the voice uh, uh, from Spring Grove as well. Courtney Bergie Swanson, my special guest today. Thank you for being here. We are going to uh, talk a little bit more about economic development. Now, you were just saying kind of the power of people to take on an idea, to run with something on their own, uh, the power of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the power of somebody with an idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I would imagine in your position, uh, part of your work is somebody coming and saying, Courtney, I have an idea. <laughs> right. How do I do it? Um, and usually I say, I don't know, but let's figure it out. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, Oftentimes, you know, being able to witness the story of these entrepreneurs really is such a gift and I, I love it so much. But, you know, I think why it's so important and, and this is why I, I also love the arts and artists is because they really do feel like the identity of a community is shaped. You know, you never... Yeah. I love Subway, but you never go into a community and say, wow, they had a really nice Subway, right? You know, there's there's just um, the, the, the flavor of a community really comes from the businesses and the entrepreneurs and the cultural organizations that are doing good work there. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just trying, I was just uh, going through my notes because... Um, I think it's funny that we're sitting here in Spring Grove. So one of the, the shows as part of this series is with Giants of the Earth. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite stories that Giants uh, has a display on and has done um, uh, part of the work is on the Ola and Pear uh, comic strips. Oh, yeah. Uh, who, of course, uh, come from a farmer who was in, here in Spring Grove um, who drew this comic strip for years, which became sort of a, 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 a you know, Norwegian-American classic and has been in papers and things for decades and rerun and books written about it. It's a great story. We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that story. 
online. But you're talking about artists and, you know, people might think or kind of roll their eyes a little bit like, oh, artists in a community. Like, well, that's nice. They get to do what they want. I have to go work my nine, yeah. nine eight to five, ten, yep. 10 to four, whatever. Uh, but I think people don't realize over time, you know, that, that that has always been a driving part of communities, whether that was, um, you know, folks with handicrafts right. uh, or, or very practical things like ironsmiths or mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, woodworkers, things over the years uh, that have lent their self to a place. Uh, yeah. But I think you're right that that creative energy drives so much of what happens in a place. Yeah, it's it creates community, it creates identity, and it, it also is a huge economic driver. You know, this is something that I think we often don't think about. You're right, but I, I'll, I'll tell this one story because I think it helps illustrate this. Um, this just happened here in Spring Grove. We have this alley in the city. The city owns it. It was an alley that the city used to use for vehicles, but it shut down when we redid the roads here. And it's kind of always been a blank slate, kind of always wanted to do something. So we um, worked with a couple local artists and an elder artist who does traditional rose modeling. She um, provided some input and some work to a younger artist who's actually one of the high school um, teachers. And she took the work of this artist Re, kind of reimagined it as kind of a modern take. She created a mural. We hung string lights between the buildings and had an awesome celebration. It's right next to Yield Opera House, and so they can use it kind of an outdoor lobby. And so all of this is like, okay, well, yeah, it's pretty, blah, blah, blah. But if you think about, you know, what the ambiance of a place is like, and if, if someone's driving through town and they see that mural and they're enchanted yes. by the lights, they'll stop, they'll go get a beer, they'll say, hmm, this is kind of a cool place. I might want to come back and check out an Airbnb and then you've impacted that. Um, Even the the place next door, the the building next door to this was for sale as we were kind of going through it. And um, the people who ultimately invested in it were people saying, wow, I really like what's happening in the alley. So then there's a leveraged oh, investment. Awesome. Now that they they redid the building, they've renovated it. It's a beautiful historic building. And we have our very first chamber of commerce ever in Spring Grove yes. that just opened their, their office in that space. So it's just kind of like an amazing ripple effect. And all of it started with a mural. And I have to tell you, it's a really funny story. I, I get through Spring Grove with some frequency as I'm distributing magazines and doing other things. Uh, but I I happened to see that work in progress, and oh, I, I literally did slow down. I was yeah. like, Hey, wait a minute! I because I, I I know I follow what's going on at the right. old Hopper House and different things. But I was like, Wait a minute! I don't know what that is. Yeah. And then my wife also did the same thing. So it was really funny. I mean, it is. It actually does have a visible impact. Right. I mean, it's one of those things, right? Yeah. And and kind of another cool tangent too that might be a good segue but um the artist Kaylee Cross um it was you know I think she told me it was kind of her first time ever being paid for her art other than being um, able to to teach at the school and her and I just connected a lot on this and we worked together um to kind of come up with some other ideas and she recently received an emerging artist grant from the southeastern Minnesota Arts Council to do a program called Instinctual Quilt at Mainspring. Oh my gosh. Which is cool. also here in Houston County. It's a nonprofit that I serve on yeah. the board for. And so, you know, that's another ripple effect of this artist now who is making more and more of a career out of her work and she can do it in her community. 
Absolutely. And I love those things. You know, it's something that Aaron and I talk about all the time, you know, and we're working across different states, different state lines, different regions, but it is that region as a whole, you mm -hmm. know, and we can all work together and kind of look at bigger pictures that really can move things forward in a different kind of way. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're, when people are thinking and talking and communicating and working on projects. Uh, and one of the things that we have followed over the years and you were very much a part of was the Mainspring uh, Arts and Cultural Center. I mean, we're kind of mm -hmm. focusing on Spring Grove in this, in this situation, but Mainspring's just up the road in Caledonia. Uh, yeah. And is a really cool example of a startup arts arts organization, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. and and again, like working across the region, you're pulling in people not just from there or here, but you know, when you look at that bigger picture, all of a sudden it really does create a, uh, a different uh, fabric, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just having different amenities like that to collaborate across communities is really important. And you know, we say we say it all the time that nothing exists in a silo. Well, yeah. except corn, um, <laughs> which is funny because even with Mainspring, I'm um, when we started, we're we all looked around our board of directors as we we're kind of putting things together and trying to fundraise, and we were all like, "Oh my gosh, we're all corn-fed farm girls. <laughs> we are all, all raised on farms." So that comes back to it too. But I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really great. We basically Mainspring is a um, it's an arts and culture organization. We're a nonprofit. We um, are in an old church that was vacant for about 30 years in yeah. downtown Caledonia. Great reuse of space. Right, yes, and it's just beautiful. And um, unfortunately, we launched everything right before the pandemic, so yeah. we couldn't really have a lot of the events we wanted to. But um, but we do have a lot of cool events coming up, and it's 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 a great place. It's more all to come in, on that. All in good time, right? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. Well, as you mentioned, or we mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, Home For You Now is in Rochester as well, yep. right? So you mm -hmm. did a little, a little piece up the road, but that also kind of gives you a different perspective and also kind of allows you to see the region from a different perspective as well, right. right? And I think that's, you know, Aaron and I frequently talk about Rochester. I mean, that's a topic that we might tackle later in this show, just because I think Rochester's a fascinating place right now, oh, a yeah. huge amount of economic development going on, um, but also a little more of like a top-down approach, I think, in certain ways or different mm -hmm. things, which is just a very different thing from rural, you know, small rural communities where like, as you were saying, like, not only do you know your neighbor, but you, you probably you have to get along them. with your neighbor. You're mm -hmm. going to rely on them at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to be in the same meeting or the same place or at the coffee shop or whatever you're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it's a little bit different environment. Um, so it's probably a great perspective to be able to pull, pull either way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of threads between rural economic development in rural communities and then urban neighborhoods and yeah rochester is a it's a funny place so my my husband um is at school in at mayo oh um, yeah med school and so that's where we're we're at where we're raising our baby and yeah. i think um it is getting it, it's really interesting to watch that transformation honestly if you would have told me in high school that i would be living in <laughs> rochester i would have been like whoa i have become kind of uncool in a way uh, but there are a lot of cool things happening in 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 the community and i think again it comes back to the entrepreneurs and the artists um because yeah. like you said it, it can be more of a top-down thing in a larger community but well and yeah. you know solving problems for communities like we were talking about the conversation that kind of brought us together on this at first was a conversation about the loss of a small town newspaper right mm -hmm. and something that i find fascinating about spring grove uh and i think um there are examples of this across iowa especially in northern Iowa, rural Iowa, uh, western Wisconsin, certainly, and then and then uh, parts of more rural Minnesota. But one thing Spring Grove has hung on to and done an incredible job with is their rural cooperative, their telephone cooperative. Yeah. And so having mm. act, what I <laughs> what I jokingly call the real internet uh, is, yep. is one of those things that people take 
um, sort of for granted anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we laugh about in decor because we are stuck between two private service providers. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. I think anybody that listens to decor understands the frustration uh, in that um, we get caught in some tough spots frequently. Uh, and and I can even sit at my office in downtown decor and have a tough time up, uploading podcasts sometimes. Yeah. So it's one of those things, but you know, the rural, uh, the rural areas, those that have hung on to some of their co-ops and stuff, Spring Grove uh, Communications has done an amazing, uh, amazing example of that. So yep. in, in example, when we started talking about the newspaper conversation, you know, one of the obvious thoughts was, well, why not just do it online? Well, mm-hmm. you, you have phenomenal online resources. You know, many of your rural areas, even your farms have been tied into fiber and some of those things. And that is an incredible resource. But we still live in a region where you still have a huge cross section of the population that is not online. Right. <laughs> and yep. I think I think outside of like the Midwest, a lot of times or very rural parts, like people just don't believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. They just mm-hmm. don't believe that like in a 20 minute uh, drive from here, I could, you know, still lose a cell call twice easily. And uh, right. you know, some of those things. I know. Yeah. You think those days are over, but no, I mean, it's a huge infrastructure challenge. Um, Yeah. One that, one that I I do understand from all angles, but you're right. Spring Grove is so lucky to have the co-op. I mean, we would be a completely different community if it wasn't for them. And and not only is from just the services they provide, but then, you know, the the community support that they provided over the years and the projects, that's a whole other, whole other show we could do on that, which is super, super cool. But when you come to, you know, solving those problems too, you do still have to look across the community, but it takes some of that creative thinking. Mm -hmm. It takes some someone with some, you know, some ideas and uh, thinking outside the box to still cross all of the community lines and tie that all back together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings us back to CETA a little bit too. So, I mean, uh, CETA works, as you mentioned, across a pretty large area actually, but was um, sort of headquartered maybe um, Chatfield-ish. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So our, our corporate office is in <laughs> Chatfield, but it's- World it's, headquarters. Right. It's, it's basically, uh, you know, a bunch of file cabinets because the cool thing about our work is that we work out in the communities. Yes. So I'm, I'm here, I'm in Spring Grove, I'm working with the communities. Um, I have those relationships and, and yes, you know, we serve, I think right by now we're in over 50 small towns around yeah, Minnesota, wow. Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and that's spectacular in, in all, all sorts of economic development and projects and uh, pieces that you can help tie together and pull together, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. super, super cool. Okay, so uh, we're getting towards half an hour here on the show, which is where I usually try and keep things to, but one, one question I'm going to make sure I try to ask everybody for this series from Spring Grove, it's a very important question, I hope you're ready. <gasps> yes, no, 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 really, uh, <laughs> is if you have a favorite flavor of Spring Grove I soda. I knew you were going <laughs> to ask that, and yes, I do. Didn't mean to make you panic. Um, it's absolutely 100% lemon sour. Oh, yes. I grew up, um, you know, going, eating, drinking Spring Grove soda all yes. the time, making <laughs> strawberry floats, blah, blah, blah. But since I was in high school, my favorite thing to do is get a bunch of crushed ice. It has to be crushed. Ooh. Pour the lemon sour over it. And then I just drink it and it's just fizzy and delicious. And I mean, nice. now since I've grown up... <laughs> I put a little bourbon in it too. I know, a right? A little bourbon is, sour. <laughs> I, I was joking with, well, I'll tell that story on Christian's show. That's fine. But yes, you're, you're 100% right. It is a spectacular mixer. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's delicious. I love it. And just one of the many fun things about, about Spring Grove here. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of cool stuff happening, especially for the, the size of town that it is. It's really incredible. A lot yeah. of people who are very, very strong in the community and making sure that uh, uh, this is a rural place that continues to shine. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool. So Thank you for your kind words about it. We're oh, pretty proud. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it takes, right? I mean, literally it takes a community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other parts of uh, C 
you that we haven't talked about or parts of your story you want to mention? I don't want to leave it hanging, but it's uh, it's so fun to be able to hear, be here and talk to you. And I really appreciate the the fact that it was just a, a simple phone call that kind of started this conversation. And uh, and I said, you know, I have this idea that we've been working on. We're yeah. not quite there yet, but we think a series of shows from somewhere else would be fun. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're workshopping both both together, and, and it's all about you know telling stories and celebrating. So cool. more to come. Maybe we'll do a part two update. Oh yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Courtney Bergie Swanson, thank you so much for taking your time out of the day. Development and Collaborative Services uh, VP for CETA, Community Economic Development Associates, uh, and as well as the uh, Economic Development Director here in Spring Grove. Courtney, thanks so much for your time and all of you've done for uh, and continue to do in our region. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great day. We appreciate it. You are listening to Rhymes with Decora. Telling stories about communities you love by people you trust. This is a project of Inspired Media. You can find us online at iloveinspired.com. You can also find all of our shows at decora.fun. That's the entire web address, decora.fun. We've got 20-some shows there you can check out. If you've enjoyed the music on this episode, it's the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. He is a drummer, he is a decoran, and he can be found on Instagram at indicative of drumming. Thank you for listening. This is Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.